It's another side that like wants to take more. It wants to go that one more round. Because like going that one more round when you don't think you can, that's what makes all the difference in your life. You know what I mean? Welcome to another episode of One More Round, the Rocket Series podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me today, Kyle and Katie. Yay. How are you guys doing for this beautiful Sunday? Doing well. How are you guys? I'm fantastic. Wow. I'm in between doing well and fantastic. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty, pretty good. <laughs> Does anyone want to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? I've seen it, but I'm okay. not like a... That's just one of Larry David's little saints. Pretty, pretty good. Anyways, let's rock and roll. I'm really excited to continue our dive into Rocky 3. Our listeners, it's funny, just like just like the movies themselves. I mean, Rocky 2 was not a drag in that sense. We did a lot of episodes on Rocky 2. But I feel like our even our listeners are excited just to get into Rocky 3. I feel bad for Rocky 2. I don't know what the I don't know what it is about Rocky 2, but people are like now excited again. Yay, they're they're on to a, a more fun film. Is that weird? I don't know what it is. Rocky yeah. 2 drags on in general. Like if you're doing a Rocky marathon, when you hit two, it really feels like this is going on forever. Rocky 3 and 4 are just very exciting. They're the music videos, they're the 80s. It's and it's when we all saw them, I have a feeling people around our age those are the ones that we grew up with probably yeah that's fair well before we get into the email we have an email i do have a couple of youtube comments that i want to read and talk to you guys because usually i have always said i don't usually read the the youtube comments and because i like to save it for the emails there was a couple of good discussion points that was brought up by a fellow named andreas so this is a comment from andreas now this is back on when we're talking about we talked about how in rocky 2 in the final fight Mickey mentions to switch to Southpaw. Before I even get into his comment, what is your understanding that happens in the film? Because we spoke to both. What do you guys remember happens after that? He does switch. He continues to fight like he normally is. and But then there is a point where he does switch. Okay. But and then we, he goes back. He does both. So at the very least, he he does fight Southpaw to some degree, if not both. And we, I think what we did is we mentioned in our recording that... Rocky, doesn't he say no tricks? Yes. Yeah, he says that, but then he, he seems to actually do it. Right. Because he's throwing some huge left hands. Right. Andreas is actually speaking to what we were talking about, what he witnessed in the film. I just want to hear your thoughts on this. So it is our understanding that Rocky says no tricks, but within the film that we see or remember, it seems like he does do what Mickey says. So this is what Andreas had to say about that. He said here, the reason Rocky switches back to Southpaw, despite saying he wouldn't, is that Mickey is trying to convince him of the idea and just before Rocky leaves just before Rocky leaves his corner you hear him yell so you hear Mickey yell as Rocky goes into the ring something like you got to make the switch he's ready believe me and you can even notice a slight nod or confirmation by Rocky sort of indicating that okay Mick I'll do it so it's just them arguing about it in the corner but then at the last second Mickey 
convinces him as he's off his seat, essentially. So he gets up off of his stool. It goes, okay, nods at him. So I got to rewatch that. And that's what he caught. So they did have the argument. And Rocky says, no tricks. I remember Mickey does yell if you actually read the caption. He does, you know, he's ready. He's ready for the switch or whatever. And then Rocky does a nod of some sort. Oh, we got some information here by Donald. So this, Andreas, uh, if you're listening, uh, I know he listens to every episode. So this is what Donald actually says here. Donald says he does switch, but not intentionally. He got caught up in the moment and instinct took over. Carl Weathers apparently confirmed this in a Q&A a few years ago. That's probably the most reasonable explanation. I, I wouldn't mind rewatching the scene that Andreas was referring yeah. to just to visually cite it and had a better podcaster done his homework. I would have done it before we <laughs> went live on this. Good insight, all the same. Good insight from Carl. And no offense to Carl. No offense to Donald for bringing up Carl. But Carl didn't write. Mm-hmm. You know, the show or directed. I wonder if he heard that from Sly or if that was the discussion they had, of course, as actors, which is very possible. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. I wasn't there for the Q&A. And lastly, Louise says that the reason why people are excited for us to talk about Rocky Three is because everyone is psyched to hear y'all break it down because of the ridiculous tidbits that are found <laughs> throughout Rocky Three. So fair enough. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. One more comment from Andreas as well. I think. He said, really great episode. This was actually Rocky 3, episode 1. He goes, really great episode, as usual. Kyle's defense of the Clubber character was very interesting. So there you go. And Ryan, thanks for all your work behind the podcast. You're welcome. And then lastly, Katie, your podcast is great as well. I've missed the last episode, but I'll be catching up. Keep punching. Oh, thank you. There you go. So you got people listening to your show. It's great. Well, thank you. Yeah, and you're doing very well. Uh, Your YouTube numbers are higher than mine. So... (laughs) (laughs) Good job. I, I think it's fantastic. So I'm very happy for you. Thank so you. There you go. You're welcome. You have an email though, Katie, for us to hear. We have, hey team, welcome back for Rocky 3. Kyle's idea of envisioning Rocky as a standalone film got me thinking. Which film series would you wish just ended with their original films, adding that air of mystery or preserving their cultural significance? For fun, not to knock the sequel's quality, I'd pick two. Number one, Halloween. Imagine Michael Myers disappearing when Donald Pleasance looks away. The boogeyman remains elusive, leaving the audience wondering if he'll return someday. And two, the Bourne identity. Bourne and Marie meet in Greece, enjoying their happier ending, keeping the possibilities open for their future. So what are your picks? Let's have some fun with this. Best regards, Simon. Well, that's a fun question, and your picks are pretty good. They are good. I'm not a big fan of the Born Identity series in that I, I've watched them all once and that's it. I had to, I didn't remember the name of the character that they ended up with in the first film, but that's a good that's a good example. But I'm I'm a huge Halloween fan, so that is a legit I think that would have been one of my picks, but since you already gave it, I had to think of a different one. Uh, but Halloween is such a great standalone film and the sequels, though fun, kind of like the Rocky films, though fun, in of themselves don't they don't add to the first film. That doesn't make the first film better. More adventures of people being killed by the mask guy, which is still fun to watch, but the standalone film is is a perfect horror film. Did you guys have any ideas? Yeah, I think he's right with the Bourne films. I I really like the Bourne films. Mm-hmm. I enjoy them a lot, all of them. The last one, Jason Bourne, I watched on the on the airplane because I had nothing better to do, and it was okay. But really, those films are the same thing over and over again. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. fun to watch. It's like a guilty pleasure. Like it's fun watching uh, Matt Damon beat the shit out of people and just make CIA people look like idiots. And he's like always one step ahead. 
But the problem I have with those films is that there's really no tension. Like, you know, he's got to just outsmart them every time. And he kind of does that over and over. And they kind of keep the carrot in front of your face with like the mystery behind his origin story. That's the only thing that's like remotely Mm. interesting. But I still like the films. But yeah, he's right. I would have much preferred just one. Did you have one of your own, though, Kyle? But other than what Simon said, okay, I'll be honest. What came to mind was Jurassic Park. Oh, that's a good pick. Great pick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I I really did not like those sequels at all. They were completely unnecessary. Yeah, that's a good pick. Very good pick. Uh, He said the blood blood sport. Yes, the original blood sport (laughs) was amazing. (laughs) I forgot that blood sport legit had sequels. I don't know if that falls in the same world renowned sequels of the Jurassic Park series, but. I'm going to piss some people off, actually. Star Wars. Well, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's a fair point. Uh, yeah. Sequels and prequels. <laughs> I hate them. Kyle, do you mean just the original trilogy? The original trilogy in Star Wars uh, was very well done. It was a classic like three-part play type of thing, where it's like the Empire Strikes Back is generally regarded as the better one. But they're all quite good. Uh, I really, really like the original trilogy. So, yes. In that sense, those were good sequels, but the prequels and then these ones afterwards, I'm just not buying it. That's fair. I actually assumed that somebody would pick that. What about you, Katie? What's your pick? Well, uh, I have a few. I think that The Godfather should just be one and two. Well, you're cheating a little bit. Wow. (laughs) Originally, I thought Simon said trilogy, but then he does say... What film started the whole thing? Like Rocky... Standalone done. He's just basically saying, just like Kyle was saying, with Rocky should have been the, just okay. the one film. So even yeah. with Kyle Star Wars example, he would probably concede. Okay, fine. Star Wars the first just film. The first one. It yeah. ends. It ends. It ends. Because when that film was made, they had no idea they were going to have sequels. George wrote that as a standalone film. Did they the always call it Episode Four? No, it was retitled. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yes. Okay. It could have done just fine. Is a standalone film. Yeah. Now they were some excellent sequels, especially Empire Strikes Back. But yeah, it could have definitely done that one. But your just... Jurassic Park one, I think, is key. I think that's a good example of. Mm, yeah, yeah. I prefer two, but as a story, just like how we talk about Rocky and Rocky Two, them kind of being just like it's, it's a continuation of the story. Could, I feel yeah. like that's how Godfather yeah. and Godfather Two. I would say Silence of the Lambs that had a sequel. Oh yeah, there's um, a bunch of sequel prequels with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that needs to remain as is. Just the original film, Grease. We didn't need Grease too. <laughs> didn't need Grease yeah. too. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. What about Indiana yeah. Jones? Well, Indiana Jones, mm. I think the trilogy. That's kind of a tri- like we didn't need the yeah. fourth and fifth one. If you haven't already on this network, Dom broke down the whole series and did a great job. Uh, mm-hmm. Check it out uh, on his Movie Thoughts podcast. He broke down the whole series. He did it film by film. So even if you haven't seen the latest one, you can still listen to the first four parts of it. I will defend Indiana Jones a little bit. Really quickly, I watched it with my kids. We marathoned it. Saw the last one in the theater. Put on my nostalgia hat. Yes, the first three are just classic films. But I enjoyed four and five because I got to watch it with my kids. And it was fun to watch it with them. And they didn't care about that. They didn't have anything bad to say about parts four and five. They loved them. You know, because they don't have a nostalgia hat on. They just saw it as five films. There's a boop, 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 boop. For them, it was just a journey of yeah. baby. Are kids really very good movie critics? Yes, like they, they yeah, are. Okay. Mine okay. are. No, I, I understand <laughs> what you say, but then you're saying you weren't when you were a kid. So what? Indiana Jones was good when you were a kid, but it's not. My kids recognize, because they would even say they loved that there was no CGI. 
they liked that. They actually there were a lot of things I thought were fun as a kid, but now watching it as an adult, I'm like, no, that's a terrible movie. Uh, to a degree, but I think the Indiana Jones films and Star Wars, those type of films, I think kids and adults enjoy the same. Have you seen that episode degree. of The Big Bang Theory where Sheldon shows Amy Indiana Jones? Never. You see the flaw in this movie, right? Not Indiana episode. Jones was completely unnecessary to this film. Everything would have happened as it did <laughs> had he not existed. <laughs> uh, interesting interesting theory yeah but it would have been cool harrison ford is awesome mine are just kind of dumb like saturday night fever we didn't need sure. staying alive grease we didn't need grease too but yeah i don't know i think i know i like your i like your what was your sec- i like the jurassic that, park one and then was uh, it silence of the lambs yeah that's fine. a good one yeah. yeah that's a good one i like that one though it was actually funny enough it was not the first book in the series it was Okay. It was Manhunter, I think. Well, oh, based on the Red Dragon, I think. I think that yeah. was it. For, anyways, okay. Mine, Back to the Future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they're fun. I enjoy parts two and three. I love Westerns, so it was fun to watch them in the West. I actually really, yeah. it's a fun film. It's a fun, frolicky film. I get it. But if I had to, like, I think people would love Back to the Future part one or Back to the Future just as much. They don't love it less because of the sequels, but the sequels, again, don't enhance the first Right. Time. I thought you guys would have said... Die Hard or Lethal Weapon. Those to me are interchangeable because I'm not a fan of either of those. Those are good picks. I like okay, Lethal sure. Weapon series, though. I do enjoy the other ones. I do enjoy the sequels. I think the first I, film was not necessarily the strongest of the of the four. It's safe to say that in the world of sequels, and this is in response to Donald's comment, we could go all day with this. Oh, of course, of course. He's telling um, us to shut up and get to the film. I, I think, I think was it's nice actually easier to point out which sequels are really good and work versus which ones don't. As a general rule, sequels are unnecessary, and, and they're more or less a money grab. Good right? point. Like, but then there's the Harry Potter films, where that was always a story arc. So there's some films that you... Or Lord of the Rings, for example. There's some like large story arcs that exist in a novel form. Yes, that's part of the novel form. Yeah, um, they were originally books, right? It's like a yeah. series of books. But it's not Harry Potter Part 4. Like mm-hmm. nobody says that. It was just, or the James Bond films, another example of you just have more stories to tell. I don't know. Yeah, we can go all day. I think it's a great discussion. I mean, there's actual podcasts that deal with this kind of conversation. But I like it. I think the best picks we picked were Jurassic Park, Science of Lambs, and Back to the Future. There you go. Those are ultimately our three picks. But the, yeah, we can go all day. So fun discussion. Uh, thank you, Simon, for derailing our podcast. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was good. And Simon's our filmmaker guy. Yes, one day we're going to watch that film. Oh, Predator's another good one. They're great, great, Louise. That's perfect. Predator's a perfect Is that film. the one with Chris Hansen? Predator? To catch a predator. Oh, Chris. He like, walks in the room, like, what are you my doing with a six pack and box of condoms to go visit a 14 year old? Of course. My brain, my brain, I, I love Chris Hansen. I love those shows. No, my, my brain went to Chris Hemsworth for some I don't know why. Because I was talking movies. My brain went to Chris Hemsworth. Okay. Yeah, I love uh, To Catch a Predator. I watched every one of those on NBC back in the day. And I actually listen to his podcast right now. Yeah. Just, yeah, they're fun. So that'd be a good uh, Saturday Night Live skit. They should do that to catch a predator and they have like the actual alien creature come to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Submit that, Ryan. Oh, what are you funny. doing with this uh, bag of skulls? <laughs> yeah, they, we got the chat right here. It's a <laughs> some sort of weird voice chat. <laughs> okay, alrighty. This is like the foreplay of the episode, so to speak. Absolutely. We got Clubber yelling that he wants Balboa. So what I love is Mickey is at this fight. Did we mention that before? The that mm-hmm. yeah. He's scouting out Clubber, man. He knows this guy's coming up the ranks and wants to check him out. It's funny that, yeah, Mickey's at Clubber's fight. It's funny. At this particular fight. And then Clubber sees him in the crowd. Look at the little diminutive coach there. I'm going to start yelling at Mickey. Here. Oh. 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 Oh.
Come here, man. You tell my boy, come here, bro. Nobody can beat me. You tell him what I say. Are you next? I'm gonna get him. Nobody can stop me. You tell my boy that. I'm coming after him. You tell him. I want to shout it. But just the way that Mr. T keeps saying, I want Balboa. I want Balboa. Well, when I watch these movies, so I have a dog named Balboa. <laughs> and she like perks her head up at certain parts. She hears her name throughout these movies and she thinks somebody's talking to her. She's scared. I would be scared shitless, man. Like uh, <laughs> Mr. T there is intense. And you can see Mick scared too. This guy is an animal. Uh, what I like here, of course, is that that's the intros. There you go. There's that cold open. We have the Eye of the Tiger playing. We've got the montage, all that's done. And now we cut to, I guess, right after that fight that Clever won, yells at Mickey. We now have the video coverage or the TV coverage of him post-fight with interviewers in his face. He's got a towel over his head. And he's continuing his conversation about wanting Balboa, wanting a title shot. And then we have the nice little Rocky Three title card there, which is very subtle right there in the corner. Mm-hmm. The title. Balboa got the guts to meet me in the ring or anywhere else. My whole life been directed towards this title and nothing else. I live alone and I train alone. I win the title alone. I want him. He can't duck me forever. He can run, but he can't hide. Well, another South. Is this Andy's bar? Yeah, we're watching this coverage at Andy's bar. So we, the movie viewer, we're watching this TV coverage along with Polly, who's watching the Andy's bar. He's watching. So he's hearing this whole report about Clubber shooting down or calling out Balboa. Is there a part of Polly at this point where he's enjoying this Clubber rant? <laughs> he doesn't seem to take it seriously at all. Like he's just kind of like, eh, whatever. But because he seems to hate Rocky's journey. Like we just saw the montage of drunk Polly through all these fights and events being upset about the Rocky journey. Now we see him watching Clubber getting mad at Rocky for ducking him as he sees it. And I just wonder what Polly's actual thoughts on this regarding his brother in law would be. Polly just thinks this is just another fight. Rocky's going to fight this other guy. Like, I don't think Polly's aware enough to re- realize. Mickey knows that the clubber is dangerous and has like really good shot at beating Rocky, but I don't think Polly pays that close attention. He's just like, oh, more Rocky stuff on the television. It's all about Rocky. I go to this bar, and of course, like I try to get away from this Rocky stuff, but Rocky's on the TV now, and Polly's just totally self-absorbed at this moment. Donald brought up a good point here because Clubber says, or anywhere else. Donald says, we could have had the street fight sooner. <laughs> I like that they point out that Clubber is also a Southpaw, so that this is a first in the Rocky series. Andy's bar has a little the TV is still black and white, but it's a little bit (laughs) it's it's a little bigger. Heavyweight champion Rocky Balboa doesn't seem to be worried about much these days. He's just defended his title for the tenth time, and now he's even agreed to take on the world's heavyweight wrestling champion in a sort of charity benefit with all the proceeds to go to a local youth foundation. The newscast was saying, again, this is exp- exposition for the audience. Rocky has fought 10 title defenses between the events of Rocky 2 and 3. That's a lot of... So how much time has passed? Like, how often does a champion fight? I have, like, a pretty big bone to pick about the time. This is where our time gets super warped. <laughs> I'm because, bringing out my chart here. Yeah, <laughs> because they say... Three years in the movie. They say it's three years. They did? They say it's three years, but it's six. It's actually six. They say it's three years, but we see that it's 
the year five or six, because Mickey, when spoiler alert, Mickey dies and it's 1981 is on his headstone. With Rocky two, it's supposed to be 1976, Mm -hmm. but it's really 1979. Yeah. When they do the third film, they're going from 1979 and not 1976. Hence the difference. They kind of have to, because with all these delays in the film, you can either just pretend that the timeline is different, which is what they're doing, or you could write into the story that Rocky's been fighting for six years. Yeah. The sequence we saw at the very beginning, that could have easily been five years instead of three years to match up better. It's hard because that's a long time to be heavyweight champion. Five or six years, it happens, but that's a long, long reign. Then again, five years makes more sense in terms of 10 title defenses. Right. Every six months. So I just asked ChatGPT, how many years would pass if the heavyweight champion fought 10 title defenses in boxing? It said the most reasonable amount would be, on average, one a year. I think they fought more back in the day. They did. So yeah. that, anyways, it said, like, you have to consider frequency of defenses, injuries and recovery, challenger availability, personal decisions, and promotional schedules. Fair enough. So I said, okay, fine, one year. So I said, is three years reasonable? And it came back with, yes, three years could be considered a reasonable estimate for heavyweight champion to complete 10 title offenses in boxing. This would assume an average of one title offense every four months or so, while some champions may have more frequent fights, others may take longer intervals between their title offenses. So we could argue that Rocky could have done one every four months in three years, and he was able to pull that off because they were handpicked and his yeah. injuries. Yeah. Were, yeah, so I just have a problem with the fact that they're ignoring that Rocky II was actually supposed to be in 1976 and not 1979. The real problem with Rocky is that the first film is tied to a specific date and there's no escaping that. Mm-hmm. It has to be 1976 for the film to make sense because of the bicentennial. That's the whole reason this is happening. But the longer you go into this movie, you're filming in 1981. That's mm-hmm. the world you're mm-hmm. filming in. Everything you see outside is cars outside, everything, the clothes people are wearing, the hairstyles, everything's 1981. The longer you go and the more you have to make it look like the 70s, the more of a pain it is to produce it. I just think they should have just said it's been five years. Also, you run into an age thing with him. For example, he's 34. He's supposed to be 34 in this movie. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's like the 37-year-old champion. That's kind of old to be the heavyweight champion, right? Yeah, I no, I hear you. I just... it. Everyone uh, put your boxing gloves down. It's, it's, it's not the fault of the host. <laughs> the timeline is insane. Yeah. Kyle, you put on your shoulders a great task uh, yeah. to try to make sense. The weird thing is, is at least Rocky Three is being consistent from Rocky Two in the sense that you go from 79 to 81. There is the inconsistency that 76 to 79 is unexplained. Rocky Four is where they really abuse <laughs> The timeline, we'll get into that next season. But it's like, you think the abuses are bad here. And it's funny because every single film other than Rocky Balboa actually has written dates in the film that you can find. Some of them are really subtle and hidden. But even like uh, Rocky Three, even if you took out the gravestone scene, there's some newspapers with dates on it. Rocky Four, there's magazines with dates on it. They really stopped giving a shit after this point about timeline. So the uh, newscaster gives us that nice little breakdown. So it's 10 title defenses. And then he's also going to fight the uh, heavyweight champion wrestler of the world. 
uh, for a charity match with all the proceeds going to a local, I guess, Philadelphia youth foundation. <laughs> Unnamed one. I love how they didn't even give it a name, but it's a local one in Philly. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I don't think the newscaster guy likes Rocky that much. He's throwing in a little bit of shade because he's like, it's a sort of charity benefit. <laughs> And then now I have to give him credit. He does manage to keep busy. Usually, like, if you say, I have to give someone credit. Right. It's normally on the heels of some shit you just talked about. Right, right. That's probably when people say, you know, I have to give Ryan credit. He does do a lot of podcast episodes. Now, the quality of them. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. No. (laughs) All right. Let's hear what the newscaster says here. Now, I'll have to give him credit. Mr. Balboa manages to stay busy. He's a true sportsman, and it looks like the number one contender, Clubber Lang, will have to continue to play the waiting game. But that should be a great, great matchup. Why is the newscaster, sportscaster, assuming that Clubber's going to have to wait? Why does he think that Rocky doesn't want to take the fight from Clubber? Like, he's had 10 title defenses in two or three years, so he's been very busy defending his title. But why in this moment is the newscaster saying, but... Looks like he's going to have to wait. Well, because of the charity match. <laughs> I was oh. going to, that's how you explain it, the charity match. Because Rocky could presumably get injured in the match, or it's a strain, and it's... I could be reading too much, and I apologize. Okay, so he's just saying, he, it should have been said, but he'll have to wait till the charity match is over before he fights Balboa. That's Both are true. Okay. Both are true. I think it's for our benefit to keep that tension up for us, That, but also it can be explained by the charity match. Okay, so it's the charity match. My bad. I didn't know he was referring to the charity match. Okay. So now Paulie gets up to leave. He's had enough of this newscast. One of his drinking buddies goes, Hey, Paulie, take it easy, okay? <laughs> He's got friends. He's got friends at the bar. Introducing the newest Dutchman. Hey, you going? Now, hey, Turbo hey, don't forget Rick. to give Rocky my best, huh? Okay, so that was Andy. That was the same actor, same bartender. That is in uh, part one. You want to take a shot? Here's my all right. Take a shot. Take a shot. Yeah, I think he got his face fixed up too. He looks somehow younger in this. Oh, movie. oh shit! I was gonna say he looks older. Really? I don't well, know. Maybe his I hair grayed a lot since uh, the first film, which to me makes him look older. Like he didn't have gray hair in the first film. I think my eyes are playing tricks on me because I thought his hair looked brown there and gray in the first movie. Now, side note, the same actor who plays Andy in parts one and three was also had a deleted scene in yes. part six. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah it was deleted. Yeah, he was like missing a leg or something, wasn't he? Yeah, he was all busted up. He was busted. Uh, yeah, he was all busted up uh, in part six. Like, I think in real life, the actor or the gentleman was not able to stand or whatever. And they played that into the uh, the actual filming of it. But the, the scene's on YouTube, but it's just not in the film. Okay. Andy says goodbye to Polly. You know, we don't forget to give Rocky my best, you know. Of course, Polly loves this. You know, I've been coming eight years. How about you give me, Polly, your best one? Take it easy, Polly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that. I don't. I think it's a funny dick. He's like, I've been coming in for years, and for six years you've been sticking it to me. They should have done that. But anyways, you know, Polly's old. I've given you your new vehicle, your new car, or your new dentures, or whatever, with my payments of beer and alcohol. <laughs> Why don't you give me your best? I bet he doesn't pay his tab. That's true. The guy says, take it easy, Paul. <laughs> he actually gives him his best as he leaves. If you remember from the first film, Paulie has, has a beer at that bar, and he walks out without paying. Mm-hmm. And then the guy's like, Paulie! And Rocky's like, no, no, I got it. And he puts yeah. like a dollar or whatever on the bar. 
that does have a precedent that Polly probably just doesn't give a shit. It, it looks like from here too, Polly's taking his glass of beer with him. <laughs> oh, probably. Rocky takes care of everything. He's he fixes the trouble. Rocky walks behind Polly's wake of trouble and fixes it. Yeah, Andy probably just calls Rocky every like three months. Yeah. Give me a credit card. There's like $800 uh, accumulated on Polly's tab. Could you ha- take care of that? And Rocky's sort of like, yeah, sure. Oh, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can assume this is actually on Rocky's tab. I don't think Polly's paid for a drink since the first Rocky film. Right. Oh, what's Polly doing now? He's probably not collecting for Gazo, I'm pretty sure. At this point in time, I'm arguing that he is still collecting because of his outfit. He's got a suit on and his hat. He asks for a job. So. Oh, that's right. He's just kind of a job. So he's probably not at the meat factory. It's weird. When does he go back to the meat factory? Is it Rocky Five? Remember Rocky Balboa? He's like, you know, when you're at a place so long, like you become that place. How long were you at the meat factory for? Because you were there for, I don't know how long before Rocky One started. Maybe it's 10 t- years. Yeah. T- yeah. He quits in Rocky Two. And then we don't hear of him returning to the meat factory until Rocky Balboa. He couldn't hold a job down if he like disappeared to Russia forever or. Yeah. I think he lived off Rocky's yeah. uh, basically Rocky three and especially in four. He lived, he lived doesn't work. Of Rocky and then he lost all of his money and then he had to go back to the factory in part five. I agree. Well, how does he get money here? Because he doesn't live with Rocky. Right? So no, I think he's collecting still. Maybe collecting could be. So now we got a poster of Rocky here in Andy's bar that Paulie's looking at as he exits the bar. It says, for help or information, call your Easter Seal Society. The Easter Seals, what are they? Well, they were established in 1919 after Ohio businessman Edgar Allen lost his son in a car accident and began to see the challenges faced by children with disabilities who were often hidden from public view at the time. Today, the uh, Easter Seals are still around. They offer positive and profound programs and services to more than a million people and families living with a disability annually. I never noticed that. I've never like stopped on this scene. So good tidbit, Ryan. And great for Rocky to be a part of that organization. They do have a location in Philadelphia, so that makes sense. Okay. Rocky should have occasionally visited this bar. He may I have know, off screen. You always got to remember the world outside the film that we don't see filmed. So yeah, Rocky basically told the neighborhood to fuck off as soon as he could, and then came crawling back in Rocky Five. Well, Andy still has fondness for him because otherwise he wouldn't tell Polly to give him his best. Rocky's admired there. Neighborhoods and places will often take pride when like a famous person or something comes from there. Right. Yeah. So we're the home of Rocky Balboa. Like it kind of gives them a bit of prestige that they otherwise wouldn't have. So again, it happens again. Andy says, give Rocky my best. And so it's like, just in case you weren't pissed off enough about Andy asking you to give Rocky your best, me and the boys want you to say hi to us, you know, say hi to Rocky for us. Because that's his brother-in-law. He's the heaviest champion in the world. The request to get Polly to say hi to this famous guy is not abnormal. This Agreed. would be a normal occurrence. You know, like Polly and Robert are like kind of close. They become close in Rocky Five. Polly and uh, Rocky Jr., kind of experienced the same thing, but in different points of time. Robert, when he's working his finance job or whatever in Philly in, in the Rocky Balboa movie, his boss and probably all his friends are all saying the same thing. Like, oh, like, 
let's see Rocky, Rocky this, Rocky that. He's living in Rocky's shadow constantly, and, and Polly's also living in Rocky's shadow now. His identity is he's Rocky's brother-in-law. That's who he is. Do you think the Polly character at this point was written and patterned after Frank? That is so funny that you say that, right? Oh, yeah, I was that, just going to say, but I, I decided not to. But I was like, this seems familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the jealous brother? Mm-hmm. Give Sly or Bess. When you see Sly, tell him we said hi. It had to have happened. Yeah. I wonder if Frank's like, he's like, you know, you might need someone to, uh... Do you need uh, any songs for this one you need? No, yeah. I think I'm good, Frank. I think you've sang in enough movies. Frank tried to be one of the handpicked guys. We forgot to mention, he was one of the boxers in the montage. We forgot to point him out that Rocky is lays he out. in the montage? Yes, he, he is. I'm 90% sure he's in it. Maybe he was cut from the final product, but... I saw him fighting Stallone in like some... Uh... They're not deleted scenes. It was rehearsal type of stuff. Like you see Carl Weathers and Stallone have a bunch of those types of footage. And Frank, he doesn't have the heavyweight build. I thought you said he was like a sparring partner. I'm 90% sure it was the montage at the beginning. Okay. I don't think he's in that beginning montage. I'm pretty sure. If he was in the montage, he's also seen later in the hotel singing. So this guy is like everywhere. (laughs) It's like, hey, remember, remember Rock? Remember when you beat me up in the ring while I'm singing now? You know, Paulie's walking the streets, you know, stumbling around. I love this kind of like bluesy background music. It almost sounds like a dream, like drunken state type music. Yeah, it's effective. Back in the day, you were so bored that you'd be outside talking to people. You see on the street that there's like people talking to each other. You don't see that as much anymore. Like if you're on the street, it's just people doing their own thing and minding their own business going from point A to point B. Back in the day, there was more like hanging around. People hung around on a corner. People hung around here just bullshitting and talking to each other. It's like, it's mm. kind of sad that we don't have that anymore. Loitering. No loitering signs. Yeah, no. people don't loiter anymore. They're just like, unless yeah. you're like homeless or something. True. But I also can't be bothered by people. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get where I'm going. I don't need to be stopped by everybody. No, but I, I hear you. Sorry, I just read a comment from Tim. Sure. He thinks that Frank Stallone was in the montage uh, being knocked out by Clubber. Oh, that's Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be. That definitely could be. Those yeah. Clubber ones are like really quick succession. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Sly's like, I'll let, I'll let Mr. T knock you out. There you go, Frank. <laughs> okay, so now we got the thanks, Tim, for that. A better podcast would have this information. <laughs> so Paulie walks into whatever random establishment here. I don't know why he decides to walk in here, but he... There's people having fun. You can hear like the buzz, yeah. the buzz from outside, you know? So, of course, back in the 80s, this was 82, in the early 80s, arcades were huge. Pac-Man, Asteroids, all these early games, pinball machines, of course, too. Uh, I frequented these places when I was a young kid. These were very real, very popular. You'd have to line up and wait to play games. So, anyway, seeing uh, Polly walk into such an establishment is not crazy uh, and it's full of people and adults playing as well yeah because it's nighttime i played in arcades in the 90s just kind of as arcades were at their end arcades replaces teenagers but here it's weird it's like you have like a bunch of 30 year olds playing arcade games well you have to remember that they might look 30 but they're probably like 21 yeah that's true yeah true enough true enough there was a younger kid there but this is like being mostly adults here but yeah but you're right i think it's the time of night because he was just finished drinking. It's probably 11, 12 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Now, 
we got good news, bad news for you, Rocket. The good news is, is we have a pinball machine in a crowded arcade. The bad news is nobody's playing it. <laughs> I actually liked playing pinball as a kid. Oh, I love I love it today. If I was a you know rich kind of whatever kind of rich could do this kind of rich, uh, I would have a whole room dedicated to pinball machines. I would love it. I would have like have a huge rec room of just buy pinball machines. It's so much fun to play. I'm not I- good I at pinball. Them. I like skee ball though. <laughs> I would have a skee ball machine. Man, okay, I remember being a teenager watching this movie and pausing it so I could check out the Playboy pinball machine. That's funny. Which is so pathetic. <laughs> you got one girl in a, you know, they're drawn. You got Hugh, Hugh Hefner in the background there between two girls, one in a full-on swimsuit, which is like 1930s type coverage. And then you have one in, in a bikini. Yeah. There and go. then there's some that are like in a pool. They're like topless in a pool. It's like on the, the left-hand side. <laughs> wow. Oh, really? I've really never put so much thought into that. Maybe it's well, the grotto that's supposed to be simulated. Well, even the uh, pinball machine next to them, there's a girl in, in a bikini on the bottom there, kind of in a distress. You see that? There's a, looks like she's in distress of some sort. Yeah. Like there's a, a lion mm-hmm. behind her with a Tarzan like character, or Conan. I think it's a Conan okay. type. Good point, Ryan. Nobody's playing. You can't have somebody interfere with the view of Polly's right. sight to the. Yeah. Polly throws a booze bottle and destroys a pinball machine like right beside someone. Yeah. 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 That's like how a fight starts, right? (laughs) Now, this pinball machine does exist, by the way. This game, they actually broke a real one, I think, uh, for the movie because this pinball as is does exist for this Rocky film. Like, they exist. Whether they created one just to be broken or it's probably just easier just to break one that was already made, I don't know. They do exist. There is a Rocky pinball machine. I can, like, smell this place right now. Mm -hmm. Like, seeing these pinball machines, I smell cigarettes. Mm -hmm. The smell of that carpet... I can guarantee that's what it smelled like in there. Like a stale old bar. Yeah, 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 exactly. I also appreciate how Paulie took more drink from the bottle before he wasted his alcohol. I think I, you know, I should get a few more sips off this thing before I lose it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, that like, only makes sense. Oh, there's a closer shot there, Kyle. Yeah. Of the yeah, girls. I think I, yeah. I paused at that point. There you go. You're right. There's a nice close-up of the girls there in the pool. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two of them are topless. That's right. Yeah. Their nips are just below the waterline there. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's true. <laughs> All right. So there's Rocky, uh, the great image of Rocky cheering at Paulie. This look at I love how he just gets down and looks at it. Look at that face as he looks at this terrible image of Rocky. He's just so angry at it. Like you see the frustration and hurt and like vulnerability there. It's hard to do that. Like you really got to give Bert Young credit. Look at the buddy ball over his shoulder, like looking up, like, oh, oh, oh what's about to go down? Shit. What's going to happen right there? <laughs> there you go. I always got to kick out of this because we see behind that nice drawing there of rocky and we got the lights in the same shape as the rocky drawing i just so i don't know why that lighted silhouette of the rocky drawing always i always got a kick out of that me but, too okay. yeah same so there you go the numbers are going crazy it's a it's a broken machine now it's just a great imagery as we now segue into the the prison bars and our first shot of rocky outside the ring well outside the montage i should say and this is a very different rocky yeah, I mean, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, who is this creature that we saw from the first two Rocky films? Yeah. If you only saw Sly in the films of Rocky, if you came down to this planet and saw only saw Sly, you'd be like, who have they cast for part three? 
Yeah, you kind of get a preview of when he's doing like the Amex commercial and stuff. Yeah, kind of looks like this, but even like hearing his shoes on the concrete floor there, like there's kind of an air of authority and presence to him. Did he come from somewhere? Is this how he leaves the house? This is how he leaves the house. Remember, he dressed up. I mean, he's got like the what do you call the like not cufflinks, but it's the thing for the collar. I've never worn that, but yeah, you're right. There's a piece of jewelry type pin that kind of pins the collar tight and lifts and lifts the tie up a bit. Yeah. He looks really good, obviously. But yeah, I mean, he got dressed up because they were like in bed. He goes back and then they have their little bedtime scene. That's cute. I mean, obviously they do this to show us that he's a very different Rocky, but well, still to show us that he's sophisticated. Yeah. He's somewhat educated. He's put together. He's got this face pick, put together real, real good. Okay. So I think it was Doug from the Rocky minute. I think they talked about the scene where I, th- in the novelization maybe, or maybe I, from my own research, I honestly don't remember. I do apologize, Doug. If I take this credit away from you, that he was called like this is the middle of the night. So he was at home with Adrian in the middle of the night. And so he put himself together to go get Polly. He was not wearing this. It was like he put himself together to come get Polly. Yeah. That's not his generation's thing. Older people, people Rocky's father's age, they dress up. If you see pictures of like people in the depression looking for laborer jobs, they have a white shirt and a tie on to go dig. When I lived in England, I'd see people like answer the door at 10 in the morning on a Tuesday wearing a shirt and tie and a blazer. It was common to dress up like that. We really dressed down, comparatively speaking. Rocky's generation, the baby boomer generation, they ditched that in the 60s. It doesn't make sense for him to dress up like that unless he's like really pretentious. There might be some paparazzi or something. That's the only thing I can do. Yeah. Because I would just go out in my like flip-flops and be like, ah, I got to go get Polly. Let me throw some shoes on. And, you know. If I'm going to jail and I'm a celebrity like that, I would almost try to dress in a way that brought the least attention to myself as possible. True. He kind of probably uses his celebrity, too, to get Polly out of jail. Mm-hmm. Rocky says, Polly wakes up Polly from his slumber. You want to hear I owe you? You, I owe nothing. No, you don't owe me nothing. Right away, Rocky's bailed them out of jail, whatever that costs. Probably pulled some strings as the heavyweight champion of the world. And Paulie right away realizes, you know, he understands Rocky's done this, but he's coming back. I don't owe you nothing. (laughs) He's got a huge chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Oh, it's huge. My uncle, who lives in BC, by the way, his son got married and he married a woman from Mexico. And so they did it in Cancun. And my uncle or my nephew or somebody accidentally broke a computer monitor in one of the casinos down there. And they wanted him to pay a stupid amount to replace it, like way more than what it was worth. And so they were dumb and decided to just leave the casino. They were arrested by security. They were taken to Mexican jail. And they were robbed by the cops on the way to jail. (laughs) That uncle's family, that's the crazy uncle. Of course, he ends up in a Mexican jail. (laughs) My other uncle, who's the reasonable soft-spoken uncle he paid the casino off for the monitor he went to jail and paid the cops off <laughs> i see this movie and i'm like holy shit that's like those two guys same thing that's funny. <laughs> these kind of relationships yeah they certainly exist in, in the quote-unquote real world yeah for sure so rocky says you don't know you don't owe me nothing so he's totally just trying to deflate this anger yeah okay you don't owe me anything yet yeah, let's just get home so what do you want i should do my sister ain't here 
Why would Adrian come? (laughs) We see two things really interesting here. We see angry Polly about being bailed out. I guess he's probably embarrassed. He feels sheepish, so he's defensive. And then right away is Adrian here. Now he's a little bit afraid. Do I have to deal with Adrian as well? I didn't get that vibe. I'm not saying you're wrong. That sounds reasonable. Agreed. He's looking over his shoulder. Is Adrian here? No, she's home. To me, it's like, oh, Adrian couldn't be bothered to come pick him. That's the vibe I got as well, Kyle. But I think Ryan's probably right. I think Ryan's I, right. I and, think he doesn't want to face Adrian in yeah. this situation. He's, he'd be more embarrassed than Shane to have his sister see him here. Oh, you know me and I used to be tight until you come in. So there's a little nod to the first Rocky film again. You know, we used to be tight till you came into oh, our life. She should have came to help because he, he probably, in his mind, sees himself as the victim here, even though he's absolutely not the victim. It's this 100% his fault. But people like this always see themselves as stuff happening to them. And so in his mind, he's heard like, oh, how come Adrian's not here to help and support me? You know, we used to be close. We used to be tight before you mm-hmm. showed up. And if it wasn't for you, she would have been down here. He's saying, is she here? Because I'm embarrassed for her to see me. And now he's going to lay it on a Rocky that he used to be tight with his sister and that he's the reason he's not anymore. That's why he begrudges Rocky's life and existence right now. For whatever what? reason, he's I've seen this being written as Polly's jealous for whatever reason. I don't know why, even though he tries setting him up. He's jealous of their relationship right now, of her success that she found love, and now she doesn't rely on Paul anymore. I cook for you. I clean for you. Now she doesn't rely or need Paul at all, and he feels absolutely isolated and useless from that. I raise her. She don't come down. She don't know about this. You will not go to hell. You know that? To speak to your point, then, Kyle, why would he want her there? Why would he want her to be there at the jail? That's odd, though that may be what Paulie wanted. Yeah, I don't know. If you're a normal person, you would be ashamed of being in jail and you wouldn't want someone like your sister to be there and to see you. you Maybe that was, but I seriously be. think Polly just think none of this should have happened to him. He doesn't deserve for that to happen to him. He needs the people that are close to him to be with him. Now, this is brutal right here. This is crazy. You and her can go to hell. You know that? Wow. Why is it escalating like this? He's all over the place. Why isn't she here? Then you and her can go to hell. Thanks for bailing me out of jail. I don't owe you. Holy. Is he just still drunk? Maybe he's still drunk and also i think the poly character probably has some sort of mental illness too his behavior is really erratic his mood's really erratic you could probably get poly on some beds he'd be doing a lot yeah hey, watch your mouth boy you gonna whack me i don't sweat you i don't sweat you come on oh, come on paul i want you to screw your head on right so even Rocky recognizes that he needs some mental health help. <laughs> Screw your head on right. And But I love Paul. You want to hit me? Again, sometimes people who are, I'm not a doctor or psychologist, of course. Sometimes when people are asking for help, they're just like, fine, I'd be better off dead. Or they'll say, or just beat me up. And this is what I deserve. And Rocky's like, no, I'm not going to kick the crap out of you. Just watch your mouth about my wife. Just easy. I'm not going to start beating the crap out of you. Polly says some shit to him. And Rocky says, watch your mouth. If you're two guys together and someone puts the other person in check by saying like, Hey, don't say that. What they're saying is if you keep saying that we're going to have to fight and Polly's, I don't sweat you. We, we can fight. Let's go. Is it the first, I don't sweat you. Said that the creed in the press conference. Okay. A couple things before we can continue. I just want to say to Rocco who wrote the trivia book. Yes. We're going to go back to the trivia. It's going to happen. The problem is it's packed somewhere for my move. I don't know. I haven't found it yet. So it's, it's going to come. So I don't have the trivia books yet. We, we acknowledge that after our last episode, it's like, Oh yeah, I forgot to do trivia. So just stand by folks. I'll have to find it. Not a big deal. Even if we have to do all trivia questions in like three episodes, it's not, it doesn't take that long. Bump count. Do we want to do a bump count for it? Cause we haven't got any bums yet. They're coming up. 
They're too sparse. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so no pump count. Copy that. We could start a night on sweat you count from here on out, but we <laughs> well, I don't think need to. Yeah. I think there's three now in the film. I think it's this twice now, then once in the ring. Okay. We can do product placement counts, even <laughs> okay. though we'd have to All go right. back. No more counts. Yeah. No more yeah. counts. Okay, so I just want to let uh, people know the trivia is coming back from the Rocky Trivia book. It just, I just have to find the book. Okay. Okay. Paulie says, no, it ain't my head. No, it ain't my head. Your freaking head is the one on roll. Yeah? Well, what did I do? What'd you do? Nothing. For yourself? Oh, nice. Look, you fixed your face up, handsome. I love that they addressed it. They addressed it. Or Sly did. He wrote the film. Sly addresses his face being fixed up nice. Uh, it's a good look. So handsome. Man, you look good. I can't believe how good looking you are, Rocky. <laughs> Paul, you want me to give you surgery? I don't understand. It's his money. For you, yeah, you did a lot. Yeah, it's my money. <laughs> if someone wins the lottery, all the family and friends and acquaintances from 30 years ago... All feel entitled to a piece of it. Now, Rocky didn't win the lottery. He earned this by beating Creed. Paulie doesn't see it that way. He sees it as kind of a similar kind of windfall thing. You just came into a bunch of money. I feel entitled to that too. Well, he's jealous of Mick. He feels like he, for I don't know why he thinks he raised Adrian. He still believes that. So he does sort of feel entitled and jealous. You're doing it for Mick. Why not me? He feels he's owed. He mm. keeps talking about being owed. He's kind of narcissistic in that way. Kind of. Like everything's yeah. kind of all about him. Why aren't people coming to see me? None of this is my fault. You're getting all the attention. I'm not getting the attention. Paulie, I, I like him a lot less from this <laughs> point on. I don't mind him as much in like Rocky Balboa, but Paulie in Rocky 3 and 4 is something irritating. That's funny that you say that because I love this version of Polly. Like it's humorous <laughs> because it's a humorous Polly. Yeah. Not yet. We're getting there, but you're yeah. right. We're almost getting there. <laughs> the break in character, it's happening quickly. I don't know. It's weird. He said, Yeah, look, you fixed your face up handsome. Nice clothes. What'd you do for Polly? Anything? Three years did you get me a job? This. You gave me a lousy stinking X Lex watch. This. Glad they called back to that though. They do call back to the Xbox Watch in Rocky Balboa, the film. Yeah. Rocky this is a controversy last yeah. series. Because we never see, that's right, we never see him pick up the watch, but we're to assume that the watch is back on Polly's wrist in part six. Is that what you're talking about there, Kyle? Yeah. Yeah. Rocky kind of goes after it. He we're kicks sort of... it away. He, yeah, he's like, leave it down. Never kept good time anyway. Okay, so he throws out his X-Lax watch, which I love that refers to the Rolex. He calls it X-Lax. Oh, yeah, the three years. So he did mention it's been three years. Was that an indication between the events of part two to three? Three years? They mentioned three years a few times. They do. Okay. It's been three years filming time, too. Rocky 2 was 79. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. now 82. Okay. But so, they yeah. forgot that it was set. Like, that's my, I, I yeah, really I have a big problem with it. But within the script, they're saying it's been three years since the mm -hmm. events of Rocky 2. Okay. Tim does bring up a good point. He said, I love how Paulie first says, What did you do for me? Nothing. Then proceeds to tell Rocky about the, all the things he's done. <laughs> you know, he gave me a yeah. $20,000 watch or whatever, a $5,000 watch. And he didn't offer him a job. He just gave him a $5,000 watch. Paulie's saying, You've done a lot for yourself. You haven't done shit for me other than this watch which sucks. Sure. three years ago you yeah. got me this watch paulie what what there that's right no leave it now i never kept good time anyway you know why i think he says that i have a theory he doesn't know how to tell time with the shorthand and longhand he needs a digital watch <laughs> did they even have digital watches <laughs> they did in the 80s yeah you know you forget when you were posting those 
guys used to laugh at you because you're so jive? Who used to whack them bums out? It's very minute. It's very quick, but it's a huge part of the lore. We get some Rocky lore here. We get an idea that these two have been friends since at least junior high or high school. He's saying back in the time before you were, there was a time that Rocky was picked on where Paulie had to step in to whack those bums out. Yeah, Paulie would have been older. Yeah, so, six years. So it'd be like, say Rocky is, I don't know, 11. 13, 12, 11, 12. And yeah, and years. that's like he's getting picked on. And then Paulie, who would have been like basically a grown man, could just beat the shit out of those kids and mm-hmm. get them alone, right? That's a very interesting piece of lore here. They've been family like friends for a long time. But then he says they laughed at both of us. Also, he says because you were so jive or something. What did that mean? That's why he got picked on? I don't really understand what that means. It's always been this way, but I think it was worse back in the day. If you're different in like any kind of way, people are going to make fun of you. And so probably if you talk like this with your mouth, ah, you're going to get made fun of. If you're kind of dumb, like if Rocky, you know, maybe failed a couple grades or just was kind of, d- people just knew he was dumb, they'd make fun of him by the way he spoke or the way he yeah, acted. Acting jive typically involves adopting the speech patterns and expressions associated with jive talk in a performance such as in acting, comedy, or entertainment. The style of speech has been portrayed in various movies, but it's a caricature of African-American culture. <laughs> That's not what Rocky has ever done. I don't know. I thought that was an odd choice of words. For yeah. Scene. That's according to a quick Google search. It's referring to African-American culture. Rocky says they laughed at both of us. No one laughed at me. Tell me, who fixed you up with your first woman? Paulie first says, no one laughed at me. And he's very serious about that. He's taken offense. People who kind of hold on to their youth, there are individuals that, like Paulie in real life who kind of hold on to their high school days as some sort of semblance of who they are today in their 40s. It's over, dude. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter if you weren't picked on. How are you today? Those glory day living. And then he goes into, okay, fine. They laughed at both of us. But I hooked you up with your friend. <laughs> he's telling Rocky here. There was a girl you hooked up with, and I helped you hook up with her. It was me, Paulie. I was responsible. And I love Rocky's response here. As a kid, or even a teenager, I found this whole scene so confusing. First of all, they're talking very quickly, and they're referencing things that didn't happen in any of the movies. That's right. This old lord. Hooking them up with this first woman. Yeah. I initially thought that was Adrian. Same. She was pregnant, and I'm like, okay, well, Adrian wasn't pregnant, so like, what is he talking about? They're teenage life. They're talking about being teenagers. Well, yes, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm just saying, when I was a kid or a teenager, this blew right by me. Mm-hmm. I was confused by it as well. I always assumed he was talking about Adrian. It is actually kind of an odd choice. Like, this is kind of a weird the jive thing that she was like, what does it add? I mean, because they could have had a conversation about any. The only thing it's showing us is that they have a long history. But the specifics are strange. Yeah, and it shows that like Polly keeps score in the relationship in a very like, skewed way. Everything he does is greatly exaggerated and it has high prominence. And then all the stuff Rocky does is disregarded and minimized. And Polly keeps saying, "Well, I did this and I did that, and you owe me, and now you have all this money, and now you're not doing anything for me." He is so narcissistic and selfish; it's sickening. I don't know why. I love the response. He goes, Paulie, I'm the one that hooked up with your first girl. Rocky's response was, it, it just, it's so funny. Me, Paulie, I was responsible. She was pregnant. <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean. She's damaged good. Yes. Well, yeah. 
Imagine if you were set up on a date with a woman who's pregnant. That would be weird. But most men are not going to be cool with that. No, of course not. But that's what makes it funny. Is I love how Paul is like, I hooked up with your first woman who's going to do the first whatever to you sexually. Let's say. And Rocky's like, yeah, you gave me quote unquote damaged goods. It wasn't good enough. So I don't know if Rocky's even trying to be funny or if he's being serious. Like, you're, yeah, my first woman was, oh, he's a, being was, serious. A, was yeah. a whole. I hate to use a bad word here, but she was a whole. Yeah, that's right. She was busted. <laughs> she was already busted. When was Roe v. Wade? What year is that? 74 or 6. See, I okay, should know so this. Probably before Roe v. Wade, yeah. too. So it's like she's going to stay pregnant. Yeah. Donald brings up a good point. Like, how far along was she? Was she 10 weeks, 8 months? Like, it's just such a funny comment. She yeah. She's pregnant. Like, Casual hookup and she's eight weeks pregnant. That's probably know. fine. You but if she know. has like a huge stomach, it's like what the. Fuck? That's what I mean. Like, how did Rocky know it was brought up in their conversation? Yo, Rocky, this is fun to be on this date with you. Just so you know, I'm pregnant. Hey, like, that's okay. I want to raise your baby. Yeah, I guess your boyfriend didn't use condominiums. Yeah. <laughs> well, Polly doesn't address that either. Like, he's like, uh huh. He says that Rocky, well, you'll see what he says, but he, he has like an odd rationale for why that's okay. So what? You was no prize either. And that's the second time he's, wait, who does he say wasn't a prize before? Adrian? No, that was Rocky saying that to Polly. I don't see no ro- line. I don't yeah. see no lineup for you and either. So, that's yeah. right. <laughs> So I guess that's fair play. Now Paulie's saying you was ugly too, Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. As far as we know, Paulie doesn't get laid ever. Yeah. In part six, he has a girlfriend. That's all we. Yeah. Know. There's yeah. a deleted scene, but up to this point. Yeah. In the film, there's no evidence. He brings oh, a date. Date to the first film. To the yeah. oh, okay, first Rocky. Hookers count is getting laid though. Sure. Well, it's getting laid. Yeah. 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 It counts. It counts. You're no longer a virgin. Yeah. You are busted at that point. You are busted. Yeah. You know, I always give you. I give you. What do you do? You buy a new house? You move Mick in, right? Mick's moving into the house, not Polly. Can you imagine having Polly live at your house full time? He does move in. You'd have to have a massive house because it's like if you're in close quarters with that guy, like it would be. You remember Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Yeah. Carlton and Will lived in the pool house. You'd have to have something like that. Right. So like Polly couldn't like be around you. He'd be making a mess everywhere. He's at their like grand dining room table in his wife beater smoking a cigar, drinking a beer out of like a champagne glass. Was he living there though, or was he just there? I think he's living there. I very much think he's living there. Okay, fair enough. I can't say he wasn't. I just don't remember them saying he is now living here. They don't, but don't you think it's implied if he's in his like undershirt? You wouldn't do that at someone else's house. Hollywood. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, But you're right. I I think think it's assumed he's there. My mom's brother is basically Polly. Probably worse than Polly, but it's oh, wow. like very similar, really skewed, narcissistic perception. And I think that's why I don't like him so much at this yeah. point. No, that, that does make sense. Because he just says, I give you, I give you, I give you. And what do you do? You buy a new house, you move Mick in. It's like, what is Polly giving I Rocky? Know. I think he's the same I gave you your wife. He doesn't bring that up, which is weird. He brings up the pregnant chick he hooked Rocky up with. But he's not like, hey, I introduced you to Adrian, the love of your life, the mother of your child. He does say that earlier in this walk. He says, I set you guys up and she can't be bothered to come. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Did you ask me? Is there something matter with me? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I just pulled you out of a drunk tank. Yes. You're an issue. You're a problem. I got feelings, you know. This ain't cobble. I got feelings, you know, this ain't cardboard. Have we talked about this? He's holding his tie, referring to the tie is not cardboard. 
I have no idea what the hell that means. The cardboard, I think, is meant to be his heart. But it is odd that he's visually showcasing his tie unless it is where it's placed is over his heart. It's like a cardboard heart. I have real feelings. My heart. The weird thing with Polly is, is that he's never been one to not share his feelings. He's like- always complaining. He's always having outbursts. It's not like he's like this stoic character who comes out all of a sudden is, you know what? I feel things too. Now he's holding his tie. I think he's referring to his tie. So he's referring to his tie. It's it's yeah. panned out. It's panned out to show you that he's holding his tie. Now I did a quick search to see if there's any kind of old timey reference to this, and it says there isn't one. However, it said in this scene there's a possible interpretation. Could be that someone, Polly, is making a sarcastic or derogatory comment about the quality of his tie. They might be suggesting oh, okay. that the tie looks cheap, flimsy, or poorly made, akin to being made of a reference cardboard instead of a more desirable fabric or material. Okay. I disagree. I think okay. that. So, what he, is the interpretation then? That he's his heart. The, he because the tie was covering his heart, <sighs> and he just lifts it up. That it's, is so weird. Yeah. This is another one of those weird things. Rocky holds his cross and says he doesn't do that stuff no more. Yeah. But we don't believe he's talking about God. And now we got Paulie, the actor Burt Young, is holding his tie. Rocky, the director, or Sly, the director, is panning out to show you that he's holding the tie. But you're saying he's just instead of pointing. At, if I was the director, I'd be like, uh, Burt, can you point at your heart? And say this is not cardboard. Instead of lifting up your tie to expose your heart, I don't get it. I don't really agree with the the heart thing, but I think the fabric thing's weird too. Find both are just as valid or invalid in the sense the actor Bert is holding his tie. Why? My heart. See, see, my heart. This isn't. <laughs> well, why not just? Well, because it's a it's a polyism. Polly's weird. He does All things right. weird. I'm not saying it's insane. It's just odd. That, it is yeah. very odd. Yeah, there's this this whole sequence is strange. Everybody's got them, Paulie. Everybody's got them, i.e. feelings. So I think he's saying them is the feelings. So you, yep. you might say you don't have feelings, but everybody's got them, Paulie. Now, Paulie, of course, he just wants you to feel sorry for him. So he says, well, the hell with everybody. And I'm not everybody. So I don't you know. No, you know, who cares about everyone else? Hell with everybody. Well, maybe it's the hell with you. I don't want to listen to this crap. Rocky has listened to this whole diatribe for the last whatever five minutes, and finally he's saying, Okay, look, Polly, maybe you're the problem. And now, of course, Polly doesn't want to hear this. Most people would have cut Polly out of their life at this point. Rocky could just really wash his hands of him right here, or even put conditions on, say, Hey, you know what, Polly? If you sober up, if you clean yourself up, you were welcome in our home, you were welcoming our lives. But until that happens, we're going no contact or whatever you'd say back then. People say that now. But Rocky and Adrian are kind of almost loyal to a fault here. They're for Polly, no matter how much abuse he doles out. Rocky's even refers to him as a crazy brother. Like he's fully aware of all right. that Polly is. And he's just, he's like, yeah, but you know, I love him. Talk like everybody owes you a living. Shut your mouth. Look, nobody owes nobody nothing. You owe yourself. You're wrong, friends owe. Okay. Rock is saying the normal saying things like you're acting like everyone owes you. Nobody owes you anything. You've had a pretty darn okay life. Him saying friends owe is just a way of Sly being able to write in this great little speech here. Polly wouldn't say friends owe. I don't think he would. It's just as odd. Like friends owe. Okay. Fair enough. But this gives Rocky slash Sly a chance to do a little bit of Rocky wisdom coming yep. up. I think this is what Rocky owes Polly for. Setting him up with a pregnant chick, setting him up with Adrian, whacking out some kids back in high school 30 years ago or however long it was, or 20 years ago, 
getting him meat. That's it. Those four things, which are really not that big of a deal. The Adrian one's the only one that has yeah. any real significance. I think that's pretty huge, though, Kyle. The Adrian piece. Adrian it means is. Every, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you. No, that's I, just... I was thinking the same thing. Yes, that is a big part of Rocky's life. Yes. But at the same time, Adrian doesn't need Polly's permission or whatever to be married to Rocky. And Polly treated Adrian pretty poorly, according to the events of Rocky One. Adrian cleans from him, cooks from really let's call it even, Polly. Polly's abuse of Adrian yes. is what drove her out of that house into Rocky's apartment. Yes. Want a roommate? His abuse was as instrumental to Rocky and Adrian <laughs> becoming a married couple as him trying to be matchmaker i abused my sister out of the household into your apartment as a yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know it's three years later even though it's six years later it's his wife's brother he's not going anywhere my wife hates her brother the only reason she hasn't cut him out is because of her mom mm-hmm. there you go. which well. is not a factor here some people i think just have different ideas of boundaries and loyalty sure. and right. like, I think some people like rocky they just cutting polly out just isn't an option mm-hmm so friends do because they want to do. Because they want to do. Shut your freaking mind. You've been keeping me down. Down. I very much like this exchange, but I kind of forget because we're watching it so slowly. I do like Polly's. Everything he says, I find hilarious. <laughs> Shut your freaking mouth. I don't sweat you. Just the way that Polly speaks, I laugh at. But then you've been keeping me down. What? Where did that come from? That's outrageous. Okay. That seems to be either a regional or time difference of the way people speak. My circles or whatever, no one ever says that, that someone's down. Polly says, oh, Adrian, she don't come down. I'm always like, what does that mean exactly? I don't fully grasp what being down means. Like, I kind of just infer that it means something along the lines of the person doesn't stoop to a low level. The person isn't like a loser or something like that. She don't come down or you're not. He says, you're not down. You're not a loser. Like, what does that mean? No, well, those are two different meanings of down in your examples, Kyle. The Adrian doesn't come down, meaning come here. Adrian doesn't come down here or down to where he lives. Oh, I've heard him say she don't come down in like the first or second film. She don't come down no more. I took that as like, she doesn't come to where I live anymore. Like as a geography, whereas when he just says, you've been keeping me down is an entirely different meaning. This is the way I took it anyway. You're holding me back from my whatever potential to, I don't know. But I'm pretty sure in the first film, he says like as a point of pride about Adrian, she don't come down. Positive characteristic. I think Katie, you're right though. Just in this scenario, just for this scene, he, Adrian didn't come down to the jail. This is a way of saying didn't come to the jail. And Rocky keeps him down as in he doesn't get to progress through his life. He's not able to bloom or progress. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's what he means by that word of down here. You Which is outrageous, right? Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, you're like a crazy brother to me. You really are. Literally. I'll tell you something. This is coming straight from the heart, Paul. And I mean this. You ain't down. And you ain't a loser. You're just a jealous Lazy bum. Okay. I'm going to break your mouth. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, calling somebody a bum is a huge, as we know, in the Rocky universe, it's like the biggest insult. So Rocky's calling Polly the bum here. Jealous, lazy bum, which, of course, the truth, as they say, the truth hurts. Mm -hmm. You know, usually the comments that hurt the most are the ones that are the most true, the most critical. We don't like to hear it. This stings Polly. Saying, you know, you're a smart guy. You know, I haven't been keeping down. You're actually a smart guy. You're not giving yourself enough credit. The reason why you haven't succeeded is because of you. Because of you, of your jealousy and your laziness. 
And uh, now Paulie's going to break his mouth. Let's see how this goes. gets pretty winded by the six hit <laughs> now he probably is winded because he's out of shape but there's another reason people get winded when they throw punches like that is that when you punch you're supposed to breathe out but what a lot of people naturally do is when they throw that big punch they hold their breath mm. and so when you're throwing like a bunch of punches in a row and you have that bad habit of holding your breath afterwards you're like <gasps> you're like really struggling for air he takes his like boxer stance, but he's just kind of letting Polly hit him. He's like, "All right, just yeah." Does anyone else find it ironic that Rocky blocks Polly punches, but not any of the boxers? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he's got his defense. In it, but his yeah. arms were pretty high during okay. those swings. They were pretty high. Like he does more efficient blocking against Polly than anyone in his boxing career. What an odd. What an I don't odd think he blocked a single punch. Uh, well, actually, no, that's not true. In the first fight, he blocked punches, but yeah, he, Ryan, you are right. His blocking with Paulie is something he could have used in other fights. And he looked great doing it. His arms are up. He's taking that stance, taking the hits with his arms, and uh, decides, no, I'll take the hits with my head. Anyways, we always say Rocky blocks with his head. We get it. All right. There's so still a lot of movies where people tr- take uh, swings at professional fighters, like Cinderella Man's one. So in the Cinderella Man film, there's a very similar scene where there's a confrontation outside a church where Russell Crowe's character, Jim Braddock, has a drunk friend who is kind of jealous of him for the same reasons, he starts taking swings. But the boxer is so good, they just kind of take a little step back. Yeah. Like it's nothing to them. Rocky almost seems like he's taking Paulie's punches seriously there, where if you have the scene where, like, Paulie's swinging and Rocky is just kind of effortlessly taking half a step back and letting the, the punches go by. It's a, a fly that's annoying him or something like that. Right. I think if they did it that way, it would have looked a lot better. Well, I think he kind of did do that. He just kind of backs up a little bit. Well, he's, he's blocking the punches. What I'm saying is like just not even taking the effort to put your hands Got up. It. You don't even need to. I think he's humoring him a little bit as yeah, well. Yeah, it could be. Of course, now the classic line. Paulie's winded. He's. They both have basically at this point now, like like men do, as they say. Mm. They both have expressed what they need to get off their chest. Paulie's barfed on Rocky over his problems verbally and a bit physically too. Now Rocky is taking the punches. Let Paulie just vent physically and emotionally. They both have vented on each other, and now Paulie does what he should have done a long time ago. Get him a job. All you had to do is ask. I always hated that little head shake that Sly does. It's a little too... 80s? Yeah. Music? That's what the kids today would call cringe. <laughs> yep. You bunch pretty good. Think so? Oh, it's superb. This is a very strange parking job. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, a few bucks. What kind of car is that? So I was just going to ask that. As Paulie mentions, uh, this car costs a lot, and Rocky's like, yeah, it costs a few bucks. So I guess Paulie hasn't seen this new vehicle. So it's weird to think that Paulie's been to all these fights and events, but he hasn't been to Rocky's house to see the new car. Or maybe he bought the new car like the last three days, for all we know. Fair enough. But We probably have several cars. True, too. To, yeah. yeah. I want to get back for a second to the Paulie asking for a job. Because I think that's kind of a big deal in the sense that Paulie's basically acknowledging that Rocky's right, that he needs to work and, and make something of himself. I think it's also really humbling for someone. Obviously, Rocky's more successful than Paulie, so that's humbling for him. 
could I become your employee? You're my boss now, and I have to do what you tell me to do, and, like, I'm dependent on you for money. Paulie has to kind of really humble himself there. Like, that's basically his acknowledgement of saying you're right. Very good point. We did kind of gloss over that, so I'm glad you brought that up, Kyle. Uh, Paulie asked a funny question. Got an extra one? Uh, all right. Good, good stuff. <laughs> a lot of, lot of Rocky lore. There's a, that scene, I've always just, for whatever reason, I get a kick out of how much history we get between, because that argument brings up the past. Yeah, we get a lot of Rocky lore, a lot of Rocky history of who they are, how far back to go, what they've done for each other. And uh, Rocky's first girl was a pregnant woman. So good for them. So good for them. <laughs> Donald mentioned something there. Polly asked for a job with Gazzo, but Rocky didn't hook him up. Well, it's a different kind of job. I think the back then it was working on the docks, collecting money. It was an illegal job. So it was a reference. It was like Rocky, you know, saying, Hey, hire my friend slash soon to be brother-in-law or now brother-in-law Polly to work the docks because he didn't want Polly to get hurt. Cause remember he says, yeah, the reason why I don't give you the gods looks, you have a big mouth. You're going to get yourself in trouble. So now asking for a job with, Rocky, it's not dangerous anymore. He's not asking for a job at the docks. He's asking to work under Rocky. Okay, I always thought that, like, that's my guess. Not that Rocky Paulie would get hurt for his big mouth. I always thought. Now I could be wrong. Like, I like Ryan. What you're saying is not unreasonable at all. Like, it's just we're thinking differently about it. The reason Rocky said that was because Paulie says stupid things all the time. And that he would embarrass him to Gazzo. And then Gazzo would be Rocky's like, why did you refer this guy to me? It could be that. I just thought it was Paulie's going to get himself in trouble with his big mouth. That's kind of the way I always took it. But Kyle, you have a good too. point too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is awesome. The big discussion. I love it. I mean, this is fantastic. Perfect scene to end on. So with that, this episode is over. I didn't hear no bell. Yeah.